Well, as we've been working our way through the 40 days of prayer, uh, we started by talking about recognizing God's holiness, remembering who it is that we're praying to, and that when we remember who it is that we're praying to, that that often leads us to repentance, that it leads us to confessing our sin and turning to move in the direction of God as we pray. And then last week, we talked about the Holy Spirit, that as we uh, recognize God's holiness and we repent that it, we begin to tear down the barriers between us and God through repentance and confession of our sin. And that allows the Holy Spirit to be able to work more through us and in us as we work in cooperation with the Holy Spirit as we continue to watch and pray. And today we're going to begin talking about sharing Christ with others, evangelism. Because that's one of the natural outpourings of being filled with God's Holy Spirit. As Bethany referenced when uh, she was praying that when the Holy Spirit came on the disciples in the upper room, the first thing they went out and did was begin proclaiming the, the word of God. And in Acts 1.8, it says, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. We talked about that last week, that with the Holy Spirit comes power. But he says, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. That receiving the Holy Spirit empowers us to take the gospel of Jesus Christ everywhere from right here in our community all the way to the ends of the earth. And, and all of those things, in a way, is a part of our responsibility as Christians. It doesn't say Jerusalem or Judea or Samaria. or it does, It's not a multiple choice that you get to pick one. It's, you're going to be my witnesses in all of these places. And so, to bring it back to sort of our context, to, to think about it, is, is our Jerusalem would be our community. Uh, the, the people in the Logan uh, area. Judea would be people in our, our, our region, Southeast Ohio, um, Fairfield County, Renton County, all the Athens, all the area around us where people are, are pretty similar to us, but just the larger region. Samaria would be people in our area, but people in our area who are not like us. Different culture, different people groups, different values, marginalized people. You think of people in our community, in our area that are, are similar, but a little bit different. The homeless population in, in Logan, the, the maybe drug culture, some of, some of that kind of thing. And then to the ends of the earth as, as we go out with missions and support missions and pray for missions. But as we finish up these 40 days of prayer over the next few weeks, those are going to be sort of our areas of focus as we pray and as we, as we dig in to Scripture. And so today we're going to be looking at what the Bible says about praying for and evangelism in our Jerusalem and our Judea, the, the, our community and, and spreading outward. And so again, you know, it's funny when when we talk about evangelism, because a lot of times that gives, that, that gives a lot of Christians 
uh, anxiety. It, it, it makes them nervous. When I say, you know, hey, what are you doing for evangelism? You're like, oh, I, you know, I, I don't like going door to door, knocking on people, people's door and just, you know, uh, or, or evangelism causes stress for a lot of Christians. Uh, you know, because a lot of times we get this idea in our head, like, well, we, we need to know all these scripture verses and we need to know like maybe a couple uh, good little clever anecdotes and, and all of those things can be helpful, but all evangelism is really at the heart of it is sharing in some way your faith and how Jesus has made a difference in your life. It can look like a lot of different things, a lot of different conversations, but really when it comes down to it, it's really about what differences Jesus made in your life and telling somebody about that. And that's it. It's not your job to save them. It's not, it's, it's not your job to, to lead them to, to Jesus. That's the Holy Spirit's job. It, it, it's your job to be obedient. It's the Spirit that guides. It's the Spirit that convicts. It's the Spirit that leads. It's our job to be obedient and to share our faith. And evangelism is really more about what we talked about last week. Evangelism is really more about spirit empowerment. If the Holy Spirit does all of those things, then evangelism is really just more about us being in step with the Holy Spirit and what the Holy Spirit is doing and him filling us and him leading us in the direction that we should go. And spirit empowerment, like we talked about last week, really comes from a place of prayer. So if, if you want to be able to do evangelism well, pray. It's, it's all from a place of the Holy Spirit filling you and using you, and the more that you pray and confess and repent and come before God's holiness, the more that you're going to be able to work in cooperation with the Holy Spirit and the more the Holy Spirit's going to be able to do through you to take the gospel to people. The best thing that you can do for evangelism in your life is to pray for evangelism in your life. To pray that God would give you opportunities to share Jesus with other people and the Holy Spirit will take care of the rest to just pray that God would give you opportunities to speak to people. He'll provide the people, he'll provide the opportunities, he'll provide the things for you to say, the scripture verses, all the other stuff, whatever that person needs to hear, he'll provide all of that. Now, it's good to have those memory verses hidden in your heart. God will use those a lot, but, but God's gonna provide all of the other stuff. You just have to stay in step with his spirit. If you want evangelism in your life, if you want to be more of a tool of evangelism and telling other people about Jesus in your life, pray for it. Pray that God would use you that way. And just pray Acts 1.8, that the Holy Spirit would empower you to be his witness. And then all you gotta do is hold on because God, God loves to answer that prayer. If you start praying regularly, God, let me just pray Put people in my path that let me have conversations with them. Would you send your Holy Spirit to just fill me and empower me to go and be your witness? And God will give you plenty of opportunities for that to happen.
And then when those opportunities come, it's just a matter of obedience on your part. But at its heart, sharing the gospel begins with prayer. And so today, I just wanted to give you some things that you can pray concerning evangelism in your community and the region around us. So if you have your Bibles, we're going to be looking today at Colossians chapter 4, verses 2 through 6. And if you have your Bibles and want to turn there, you can do that. If you want to find it on your app, you can do that. If you want to look on the screen behind me, and if you're watching online, I'm pretty sure that they'll be just bringing it up on your screen uh, for you to read along that way. But Colossians 4, 2 through 6 says this, devote yourselves to prayer, being watchful and thankful. And pray for us too, that God may open a door for our message so that we may proclaim the mystery of Christ for which I am in chains. Pray that I may proclaim it clearly as I should. Be wise in the way you act towards outsiders. Make the most of every opportunity. Let your conversation always be always full of grace, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how to answer everyone. And so he starts by saying in verse 2, to devote yourselves to prayer. He's talking about evangelism, but he says, he starts with, devote yourself to prayer, being watchful and thankful. It's kind of like we just said, pray kind of with one eye open. You know, pray, God, would you put people in my path today? As you're going to work, as you're going throughout whatever you have going on your day, just be praying like, God, put people in my path today. Put opportunities in front of me. But as you are praying that, as you're going through your day, watch. Devote yourself to prayer, being watchful. Keep watching for those opportunities because here's what happens. Sometimes we start to pray, God, give me opportunities to share. Give me opportunities, people in my path. Give me divine appointments. And, and we're praying that and we earnestly mean it, but then we get so busy with our everyday stuff and we kind of get our heads down going through our day that we forget to watch for those opportunities to come. So pray, but be watchful. And then he also says, pray, being devoted to prayer, being watchful and thankful. And you might go, well, what does being thankful have to do with evangelism? What does being thankful have to do with sharing the difference Jesus has made in my life to other people? Well, if you're thankful, one, it's because you recognize all that God has done for you. And if you're thankful, generally, you share what you're thankful for. And so that, you know, as we were, as we we're going through, you know, uh, our, in, in uh, December, as we were going through having our praise services, it was an ex exercise in thankfulness, but it was also really an exercise in evangelism because it was all of us sharing what difference Jesus has made in our life. The only difference is that we need to be sharing that difference, the things that we are thankful for out there. But it's evangelism. 
sharing the difference Jesus made in our lives, being thankful. So he says, devote yourselves to prayer, being watchful and thankful. So the first thing that we can pray for is pray for people sharing the gospel and pray that we'll have opportunities to share the gospel and be praying for each other that Jim will have an opportunity to share the gospel this week, that Rich will have an opportunity to share the gospel this week, that, that you who you know, you're watching online, that you're going to have an opportunity to share the gospel this week and just be thankful in front of people for what God has done. Keep watch. He says, pray for us too, that God may open a door for our message so that we may proclaim the mystery of Christ for which I am in chains. Pray that I may proclaim it clearly as I should. So the first thing is just to pray that we'll have opportunities to share the gospel. But the second thing is to pray for people that are actively sharing the gospel already. Pray for people and organizations that are on the front line of taking the gospel to people around them. To be praying for our missionaries. To be praying for our church. Pray that we would be able to have opportunities as Antioch Alliance Church to share the gospel. And in the past year, uh, it's been difficult to do that. We, in this past year, for churches and Christians all around the world, the strategies that we've used a lot to share the gospel haven't been able to happen. And so in a lot of ways, we've seen less people come to Christ than we have in the past years. At Antioch, we saw less people come to Christ this over 2020 than we have in the past years. Because a lot of the strategies that we've just normally been our go-to strategies, we haven't had. But when our ability to have success in sharing the gospel as a church is reliant on our programs, and when our biggest strategies for sharing the gospel is having people come here to our program rather than the people of God going out and sharing Jesus with others and leading them to Christ, we've got to take a second look at our strategies because we're too reliant on them. If we're not going, if the, if the Holy Spirit isn't empowering us to go, and we're saying, come here, this is our strategy, come here, come here, come here, that's, one, not really what the Bible said, and two, it's maybe just time to take a second look at the strategies that we've been using. So pray for opportunities for our church to be involved in taking the gospel to those in our community, to those that need to hear it. So pray, pray for our church because we're on the front line of evangelism. Pray for each other. You all make the church. You can pray for the church as the organization, Antioch Alliance Church, but Antioch Alliance Church 
is, that's all it is, is an organization. It's us that make up the church. So pray for each other. That's how you pray for the church. Pray for each other that we would all have as a group of people, as a family that make up Antioch Alliance Church, that we would have gospel opportunities. Pray for all the churches. The, the bigger church family for all the Bible-believing churches, all the, all the churches in this valley, all the churches in this state, like I said before, all the churches around the world, we're all having to find new strategies as we find ourselves in a time that we've never found ourselves in before. Every church around the world, you know, and you heard the, the missionaries say it the last couple times we've had them, and I'm sure you're gonna hear it again in April when we have our next missionary coming, that we're all having to find new ways to do what we've been called to do and new ways to do some things the way that we've always done them. So pray for the church, the big C church, because we're on a learning curve right now. So pray for opportunities, pray for the churches, pray for church planners, people planning churches all throughout the world. Pray for church planning in, through the Alliance. The Alliance has church planners that are planning churches right now. In the past year, in 2020, the Alliance planted 40 churches in the United States. That's cool. And let me tell you, I, I don't know because I'm not a church planner, but from hearing their stories, it is a tough year to be planning churches. I mean, like it was a tough year for a church that's been established for 46 years, let alone trying to start a new church in a community that needs a gospel presence that doesn't have one. But still, we've been able to plant 40 churches throughout the U.S. Pray for those guys. Pray for those guys. Those guys, uh, again, they're people on the front lines of evangelism. And, and it's, it's a tough battle this year. Pray. Ask God if there's anything that we can do as Antioch to grow his kingdom in our Jerusalem or our Judea. Pray for all the other local organizations that are sharing the gospel. Pray for all the other Bible-believing churches. Pray for out of the boat. Pray for uh, organizations like Crew, Campus Crusade down in Athens and, and uh, at OUL and, and at OCU. Pray for organizations like that. Because once again, they're another group. They're on the front lines of evangelism. That's one of the things that they are there for to do and they're having to do it in the middle of a pandemic. Pray for those organizations. And as you pray, as you pray for each other, as you pray for us as a church, as you pray for church planning, as you pray for other Christian organizations, echo Paul's words. He said, pray that I may proclaim it clearly. 
So pray that, that Antioch Alliance Church, that we proclaim the gospel clearly. Pray for out of the boat, that, that out of the boat may proclaim the gospel clearly. Pray for crew, that they'll proclaim the gospel clearly. Pray that the Holy Spirit would make those conversations clear. And again, it's something the Holy Spirit does. Just pray that the Holy Spirit would make it clear to those that are hearing the gospel. And that's another great thing about evangelism where we get all stressed out. Oh, I'm gonna say it wrong. Oh, I'm gonna mess it up. Oh, I'm not gonna. No, the Holy Spirit, if the Holy Spirit's gonna work in that person's life, the Holy Spirit will make it clear. Uh, There's been times I've shared the gospel with people and at the end of it, I go, I don't even know what I said. It doesn't make any sense. Like, I know what the gospel is, but what I just said, it doesn't make any sense. I'm like, I had completely screwed this up. And so I'm like saying in my head, like, oh, you're terrible. And, and, but then I say, you know, is, would receiving Christ be something you're interested in? And they say, yes. And I'm like, why? Like, why, 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 why? Because the Holy Spirit was making what they needed to hear clear to them. So pray that the Holy Spirit would just use us to present the gospel clearly. Pray for open doors, that the gospel would be used however God wants to do it. So, first, we need to be praying. We need to be praying that we'll see opportunities and that we'll be thankful and that people will be able to see the things God is doing in us. Secondly, we need to be praying. Praying for all those people and organizations and churches that are on the front lines. And then finally... In verses five and six, he says, be wise in the way you act towards outsiders. Make the most of every opportunity. Let your conversation be always full of grace, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how to answer everyone. Let your life be the gospel. As you pray, as you're walking in step with the Holy Spirit, pray that people will see Jesus in you. You may have have heard the old saying before, preach the gospel at all times and when necessary, use words. One of my best friends, mom, used to always say, you may be the only Jesus anyone ever sees. That somebody might not ever go to church, they might not read the Bible, they might not have any other experience with Jesus. But if Jesus is living in you, that might be the only exposure they ever get to Jesus. So, first of all, he says, be wise in the way that you act toward outsiders. And you know, historically, through the, the decades and the centuries, the church hasn't always been really good at that. At being wise at how we act towards outsiders. That 
one of the reasons the alliance even started was because in New York City in the late 1800s, A.B. Simpson got tired of, of Italians and Irish and Asian people getting off the boat and them not being welcome in church. But if you got off the boat and you were a poor, dirty Italian, we don't want you in our church. That if you weren't well put together or wealthy or you couldn't further the statue, the stature of the church, no, you weren't really wanted. I, I remember, uh, it's been quite a few years now, we went to Williamsburg on vacation. And it was interesting because they, in the church there in Williamsburg, they have, have the church area, the sanctuary area, and then they have the balcony. And we said, well, how do you get up to the balcony? I didn't see any stairs. You had those, the stairs were on the outside and the balcony was for the slaves. They'd let you come to church, but you couldn't sit and you, and you had to stand up in the balcony. Again, maybe not the best wisdom in the way we treated outsiders. So, so he says, be wise when it comes to how you treat outsiders, how how you how you treat the the hurting, the, the less fortunate, the broken, the needy. It, it's just funny that A.B. Simpson, the founder of the Alliance, he, he wasn't okay with that. And so he started having church services in his side yard and inviting the poor and the immigrants and the drunks and the people working on the street. He started inviting the outsiders, while a lot of the churches, in fact, the church that he was a part of, the Presbyterian church back then, was saying, look, if you're coming in off the boat, we don't want you. But which one sounds more like Jesus? There are so many people that don't come to church because they think that God would strike them down because they're too bad of sinners. I've heard it over and over again. Oh, if I come to church, lightning will strike me. Oh, if I come to church, the church, you don't want me to come, Pastor. The church probably burn down if I walk through the doors. So many people don't come to church because they don't think that they would be welcome. So many churches, when you ask people, well, what is that church like? Well, they have their own little groups. They have their own little cliques. So we need to be wise in the way that we act towards outsiders. We need to pray that we would make the most of every opportunity that we get. Make the most of every opportunity. Pray for opportunities like we said in the beginning. And don't halfway it. Make the most of it. If God puts a conversation, if God puts a person in your path, make the most of it. If there's somebody that walks through the doors of the church and you don't 
know them, make the most of it. If somebody moves in next door and you don't know them, make the most of it. Because you don't know when those gospel opportunities are going to come. And you don't know who is listening and you don't know who is watching or you don't know when they're listening or when they're watching. Remember last week we talked about how, how we can be when we're like physically tired and emotionally tired. How we can kind of get when we're cranky because we're worn out. What do people think about Jesus when you're in that state? It, it, people run into you when you haven't had lunch yet. If people run into you when you haven't slept good for a few nights, when, when people run into you and you've just got so much going on, you're emotionally drained. What do people think about Jesus when they run into you then? What do they learn about Jesus then? And I, I gotta confess right now, Lord, God, forgive me. I've ruined my chance to witness so many times. And I pray that in those times when I've been, when I've been tired or when I've been emotionally tired or stressed out or whatever, I just pray that people would see that I'm just a human being and that that might open up a better conversation with why I need Jesus. And I just pray my witness isn't torn to shreds. And then verse six, he says, let your conversation always be full of grace, seasoned with salt, making it better so that you know how to answer everyone. And then let, let me just throw some reality here for you a second. Hell hangs in the balance. The reason that we need to pray for people to come to know Jesus, the reason that we need to pray for opportunities, the reason that we need to pray for people and churches and organizations that are out there sharing the gospel the reason that we need to pray that we would be wise in how we treat outsiders and that our conversations would be full of grace is because hell is real. And that for those who don't know Jesus, eternal punishment is waiting for them. Flames, darkness, devoid of all good, devoid of all God, suffering, it is real. And there are people in our community, in our region, that are going to enter into that place today. What have you done to stop that from happening? And it begins with prayer. It begins with prayer. It begins with Christians being full of the power of the Holy Spirit. It begins with Christians being watchful and being thankful. 
I mean, even if you don't have anything else to be thankful for, you can be thankful that hell is not your destiny. It's Christians being full of the power of the Holy Spirit to be his witnesses in Jerusalem, in Logan, in Judea, in Hawking, in Fairfield, in Perry, in Vinton, in Ross, in Pickaway, in Athens counties. Because they need Jesus. So pray. Let's pray right now.